Are you an architect, designer, contractor, or engineer? Modeler.com is a platform connecting architects and other specifiers with building product manufacturers. Modeler.com's engaged network of 168,000 architects, designers, and construction professionals use Modeler.com's tools to discover, discuss, and specify products appropriate for building projects. We at KZSU Stanford thank Modeler.com for the generous underwriting of the production and broadcasting costs of the modern architect. KZSU Stanford University's FM radio station broadcasting across the Bay Area on 90.1 FM and across the world at kzsu.org. From the campus of Stanford University, this is the Modern Architect radio show and podcast featuring one-on-one interviews with renowned and cutting-edge architects, influencers, and sustainability leaders. The show and podcast will inform, educate, and illuminate the transformation, joy, and inspiration architecture brings to our cities, communities, and lives. Hosted by architecture aficionado and principal of Accurate, Tom Dioro. Thank you, darling. For our guest today, please welcome... Gunita Kulikovska, founder and CEO of Vividly. Gunita is a strategic designer and curator of creative ideas and projects, and yes, also an architect. Gunita is also a Forbes 30 Under 30 and a TEDx speaker. For more information, feel free to visit vividlyapp.com. That's vividlyapp.com. Hello, Gunita. We're excited and honored to have you here on the Modern Architect Show today. I'm so excited as well. It's like in you know, a eight hour difference between you and me, but feels like, you know, full with energy and uh, <laughs> I'm ready to share some insights and hear what you guys actually think as well. <laughs> oh, thank you. Eight hour. We're so grateful. You you have no idea. Uh, can, you, can you share with us some early experience in your life? When I mean early, I mean, go back as far as you can recall to even your childhood as to where you are now and if there's any connection to something that you may have experienced even as a child you can feel that connection in fact tom you already mentioned the ted talk that i did um like two years ago Mm -hmm. and to be honest i wasn't really you know kind of jumping onto it as a such a great opportunity because i had my ted and i thought that it's sort of a lot of cliche talks However, I took the opportunity, took a chance, and I guess the preparation for TED Talk, in a way, me to find an answer to your question, because it sort of asked me, you know, how, how Gunita, how, how did you come up with, where are you now? Like, how mm-hmm. did all path led you there? And uh, I came to a conclusion that, in fact, the initial need and eager to create something, to, uh, to kind of to see the world and experience the world as your playground lays really oh. back into the childhood when uh, I was living in the outside of the capital of uh, Latvia mm-hmm. in Jurmala, sort of a resort city in a very free and open environment, very close to nature. And uh, I was building tree houses. And since I remember myself, oh, still, really? That's great. to be honest, like the tree house seems something that kind of embodies the whole concept of how I've been living and just for me to become an architect I guess was the simplest translation how this initial thinking and the mindset should be you know turned into the you know some sort of a shape or a 
profession. Mm-hmm. That's like the earliest, now, huh? So you were doing tree houses. Is, what would anyone in your family or friends or neighbor would think when there, there's Gunita designing her own tree house? Right. Yeah. You know, and, uh, well, the thing is, I upgraded like for every each year. I started with. Did you, uh, really, you with, upgraded with, your own tree It's house? well, you know, a story on itself, <laughs> like how the kid gets to the point of where like builds a house, you know. And I was like in my thirteens, you know, okay. something like that. Maybe no, actually, maybe even like younger. Uh, to be honest, we don't have any pictures from that time. Anyhow, oh, that'd be great. Uh, yeah. I was using the potato boxes in order to get the, the simple structures and putting just the roof on top of it and then setting really? up the interior <laughs> and stuff. Uh, but my father wasn't that kind of astonished by these awesome structures, you know, because they look really <laughs> grungy. They look really like kind of trashy place. And he was like, nah, and we need those boxes for, for potatoes. <laughs> Did you really? So he needed <laughs> so, what you were you using? Know, without actually giving me a notice, he, he tend to destroy <laughs> those, those structures before I even noticed. I think on third and fourth year, I started to use the logs, the different kind of planks that were meant for um, for a wood, for heating. Sure, okay. And <laughs> during the, the summer, you know, you don't need much of a heating, so the, the planks were free. And I just, you know, kind of made it more uh, like upgraded on the way and how it was almost an architecture in a way. But to me, uh, in some sense, rather than the structure itself or the building, you know, or the space that I was creating, the more relevant were the things that are around place where I'm building mm-hmm. or around the structure that I'm creating, meaning that what's the view from that window, how to, you know, set up the entrance, what's going to be the path, the river, where's going to be a garden. And I guess at the moment, I did not really realize that maybe it's beyond architecture and maybe it's more of on urbanistic aspects or even political aspects in a way, because I cared about what's happening around the architecture or between the architecture. To be honest, first architecture years were quite crashing me. That was not really what I expected, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I was... um, How so? Like they were literally... It just wasn't what you expected? You know, the expectation of me was I was uh, quite... um, I was studying quite good. I really loved physics and math, and I was doing uh, martial arts in uh, in parallel of my high school years, mm-hmm. and so I was really dedicated. And, and actually, to get into the architecture studies, you it's quite yes. a lot of competition and stuff like that. Anyhow, like my expectations of being, you know, a top performer as a high school student, I'm I'm gonna nail this, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna be the best in architecture yeah. as well. But somehow, like my thinking and my perception of how it will how the architecture will work did not really fit as the professors were understanding what architecture is you know and so there started to become sort of my personal conflict even of uh, what I want and what is there and in what system am, am I living and these kind of aspects Cool. So, yeah, so that's that's where my, like, how I get to the, the architecture. And there were a lot of aspects that were, you know, kind of influencing the way an architectural mind is working. I think I was still in this architectural mindset, but I wasn't necessarily an architect. Traditionally. Describe it as conservative, you know, perception of what architect is. Wow. Did you experience this even while you were studying that you knew that you're, uh, well, we like to say, I don't know if you've heard the expression thinking out of the box, that you you saw in 3D, even 4D, 
just putting this together from what, yeah, what you're sharing but with me. I is did it? not really like, you know, I could not really see that myself because being, being like a high school student and going through that all those years, it's hard to actually save your dignity and save your your unique out of box thinking, right? So even though I was like building these three houses back in like early days, the high school sort of screws that up. Oh no, I love that. Yes, it, it, how yeah. so? You know, how so did it? Did it to kind of screw that? I mean, it's just it's just how our educational systems are working. You know, they try to marginalize in a way, or they try to benchmark you and stuff like that, and and you lose your uniqueness, and then you're like now after like you know twenties, you start to now unleash it and get to like sort of the second wave and sort <laughs> like of that. born again and then i get i'm guessing on the around 40s you get like a third wave and it's like <laughs> a sort of a cyclic uh, in a way an up and down sort of situation uh, just like valley and, and you know hills and stuff like that yeah. in your life which is fair enough let's be with that let's yeah. be with that it's just uh, I think I'm I'm grateful to whatever the circumstances happened that allowed me to look beyond just architecture and just to be an architect because somebody says you this is architecture. Mm-hmm. It allowed me to really experiment more and continue that sort of a treehouse mindset uh, uh, during my studies and also then like quickly and you know I, I get my hands on into the urbanism and community building uh, a, a modern type of design thinking and and engagement citizen engagement and all kinds of these awesome stuff that I sort of got sort of you know just involved in and and because of I I was as dragged to those those things initially right were you really so you didn't want to go to them or or, when you said you were dragged to them were they just something that drew that drew you like you know what i like the whole um I'm, i'm i'm still reaching because here here's the premise for why childhood because i i i've uh done many case studies um that those who are more fulfilled let's say in their latter part of life probably older than us you know 70s 80s 60s 50s that they're more fulfilled if they actually answer to the calling that they had when they were mm-hmm. children. And mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't have, I only, I only have some case studies, but I can't kind of, I don't have a quantified mm-hmm. science to that. And it sounds like you definitely are, are that, especially when you see the treehouse, because a treehouse signifies you're obviously up. So you're looking at the, you're looking below, you're looking at the whole view. Is, is that relevant? Yeah. Uh, okay. I think so. It's like, for me as well, it was the moment of connecting with your roots in a way, you know, um, like physically and mentally and anyhow on being connected to your values maybe because once you're a kid and you're building that tree house, you're not thinking much about like long-term strategies and the million aspects that happen on the way. Yeah. You're, you're right there right now and you want to create this beautiful thing and you are sensitive towards like every aspect what happens towards where the sun comes from where the wind kind of blows from or how the like trees are set up in order to 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 create that so you're so connected to who you are and what you're creating then that's the real like you know connection and the bridge that we tend to sort of to, to, to build mm-hmm. within ourselves, right? Because yes. during the time we're forgetting about, not the forgetting, but just, again, we're like, we're shaped like, or like we are 
we are influenced by many other forces. And mm-hmm. if we are Very not true. training our mind and our, you know, self-sustainability and health in, in that matter, then we are we are really like floating, you know, all, along the the, the currents. So, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, love that. That, that I think I too. lost it at some point, and then I kind of. Oh no, you did. It. What were you doing that made you lose it? Was it you? You following what uh, general society says you should be doing, or you ought to be doing, or their their description of what it is you're supposed to do? And that's a lot, I know. But well, how did you lose yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, if like in, in general, in general, yeah, probably. But okay. you know, again, like when everyone like tells you like that or formulates it like that you say like no 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 like no general perceptions like never like influenced me but in fact it's just something like you just absorb and you are you can't re- even realize but i guess that was my own i don't know ego whatever uh that was driving it because okay. of due to that fact that this education educational system is built on like benchmarks and mm-hmm. comparisons on achievements on uh on grades okay uh on these kind of aspects which i kind of tend to follow i wasn't really sure that that's the that's the real deal but you know i was i was good in that and then it seemed probably the, the the sort of the um, yeah like how I felt f- fulfilled in that way because I I could not get to that original way in how I was fulfilled. So if you know if your grades are good and if you're successful in a way and everyone else is saying you're successful, you want to live up to that expectation, and that's what kind of ruins you or that's where you lose it. Actually, let's touch back on that when we return. You're listening. To the Modern Architect, KZSU, Stanford, 90.1 FM. The California State Parks Foundation is the only statewide independent nonprofit organization dedicated to protecting, enhancing, and advocating for California's state parks. With ever present budget cuts threatening our parks, from the Oregon border to Oceanside, the foundation needs your support more than ever. There are many ways you can help. To learn more, or to make a much-needed donation, go to calparks.org. That's calparks.org. We're talking today with Gunita Kulikovska, founder and CEO of Vividly, amongst other um, uh, many other things I, that I've seen. Uh, I was looking for how to research you, Gunita, and I go, oh, I was running out of paper, my printer's running out of ink, and I said, okay, I have to choose between these few things because she's quite dynamic, and um, that, that doesn't always happen, so congratulations. But for more information, feel free to visit vividlyapp.com. That's V-I-V-I-D-L-Y-A-P-P.com. Um, Gunita, you were you were talking about you know that fo- sense of fulfillment. So what led mm-hmm. you into, and uh, I'm not as well versed in virtual reality. And then I heard another one called uh, augmented real- mm-hmm. reality. Is there a difference, or are they the same? Mm. Yeah. Well, uh, I think for for general public, there there shouldn't be a difference because okay. all, all we talk talk about is. Uh, 
it's called under the immersive tech or immersive media or immersive dimension. And uh, in fact, it doesn't matter what abbreviation are you using. It's VR, AR, MR, XR, whatever they call it. Together with uh, artificial intelligence and, uh, and computational mm-hmm. power, it is just transforming and changing the way we we see things, the way we perceive the things and the way we feel about things. And in a way, all of that together allows us to to sort of augment a little bit our our desires, our fears, to test them out in sort of the, the virtual worlds mm-hmm. in order to understand how to build better our physical realm and and world and physicality and relationship and so on and so forth so um i know i may be a little philosophical here no i want you to be please please yeah uh, because it goes beyond just you know how how the how we usually look at those things but i think it's important to address that none of those abbreviations vr ar uh whatever uh is actually uh as hardware or software or or any kind of where it is a new medium and there's a new, new way of how we how we build the values even uh, between ourselves and we can't just marginalize that into the into the like how many devices do we have and oh, yeah. will it scale or will it not scale uh, what what I'm usually trying to address is just really just just this pure human connection even um, through this medium that allows me to connect with with your creativity, Tom, over there, you know, <laughs> and access that that content, that message uh, that you're you're trying to put into, yeah. So th- those are interesting terms and and very much discussed. And I guess why they are so overhyped is um, is sometimes because of that that like companies and and big whales are are still fighting for a position within like this space let's say and um, they're trying to uh, they're trying to like shape it in one or another word Um, but to me and to people I think it's um, it's yeah it's a way we create relationship it's a way we we build our memories maybe you know and um, uh, the way we connect to each other in even a little step closer to telepathic communication oh so i like that, that. it's not just never built on, on visual telepathic well i'm mm-hmm. writing as we're speaking uh gunita i'm writing as we're speaking and uh, telepathic um yeah how, uh, wow like, that's really because of through that emotional connection like okay. you know that um that, that more and more brands more and more like uh product services they try to to connect with us, and we actually demand that that we we want the relationship connection with uh, the things that we buy or from people that that we buy from, and um, we want to be engaged. We want to take part of the processes, right? And um, that leads us, you know, a step closer to be connected, not just via you know a, a service um a form um uh, or an email it requests us to be closer to the origins of the content or origins of the service mm-hmm. and um and especially with like design and um and artistic sort of values um the val- the, the products and services where you have the value added 
on products and services that have a story okay. that goes beyond just technicality and in architecture when we design it you know we're, we're not um, designing just wooden floor and concrete yeah. walls yeah. we're trying to create an atmosphere we're trying to create the, the, the vibe we're trying to create something that happens in between when the person will be in that room will that you know initiate the communication or will that give you know a personal space or, or a feeling of you know kind of in, enclosure or something so that all is somewhere uh, you know somewhat more in between the lines than being just a, a pure nice photoshopped render right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I believe that, you know, we've been living in the decades of like this photorealistic, super high sales pictures uh, and renderings. Yeah. But yeah. we have forgotten that that's not the that's not how we started. That's not that's not how architects are thinking. That's not how space uh, is sort of expressing itself the pure spatial qualities happens in between those elements and and allows the and allows the, the, the let's say the user to connect those dots and fill the gaps. So we actually leave the spatial perception on uh, on the human brain, right? And human yeah. sort of cognitive understanding. Sure. Uh, and VR uh, especially, but also the the other other medias like together, are are actually the, the the means where we could finally speak in in one language with uh with people who are not architects, uh-huh. meaning that that we the, you know we both could have a common ground for understanding and for building together and connecting. Through that space, wherever would we would be in in the world, right? Yeah, that common ground. What what you're really building a lot of this, and it's, it's as much as it's a lot of technology goes into the uh, VR. It sounds like you're really f- trying to get humans to really connect as close mm-hmm. as possible. Is, mm-hmm. Am I reaching, or is there tr- some? Uh, is that accurate? Mm-hmm. It yeah, is. Yeah, exactly. But there are steps to be taken, okay. and without architects, I, I cannot, you know, build this connection between, you know, people and and the architects. So um, at the very like um, beginning, um, we understood that if we're gonna just build awesome software for, you know, for architects to have like this one button VR solution with high fidelity and fidelity and like, you know, high photorealistic virtual experiences. Mm-hmm. We're going to be, it's going to be super expensive, super resource uh, consuming. And at the end, the price will, will, will be affordable just for the, for let's say these top uh, architectural companies. So instead of that, we rather uh, choose the, the approach of how we can, how we can build the tool and basically access point to this great medium for small medium freelance solo type of architects to have their hands on this super exciting space and get them sort of involved you know allow them to be involved in this space in order to make it better all right so uh, in order to to sort of unleash this power of talking spatially you know 
Uh, and uh, that's that's been uh, quite a, oof, a, a rocky road. <laughs> yeah, what are uh, some of the challenges? And and uh, we'll, we can go with the challenges and joy of vividly. But what were some of the initial challenges? If you're at liberty to share with us, yes. Yeah, I mean there are many challenges all the time, and like we're working with with the new new things, and and working with that in an unusual way is always you know kind of. Uh, bringing you a lot of like obstacles on the way and or question marks and that kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, well, in total, I'd say that for us and our architects, we are, we're, we're really slow in, in adopting these, um, these new, new, new thinkings. And, um, and sometimes when like, you know, businesses and startups and, innovation in general is um is moving like super fast and is developing and is adapting you know and very true and moving forward then architects are sort of like you know like hiding even from it (laughs) and preserving (laughs) those hiding from it (laughs) i can just it's sometimes like really like preserving the history of architecture you know it's like like really like making it so perfect and saving that for some other century for our ancestors, you know, to have for children. (laughs) I I don't know why that happens because like to me is, yeah, still, still, I I sort of belong to these millennials and you hear from what, how I'm like thinking and how I'm speaking about these things that have new kinds of like mindset that does not have those limitations that always, to find the direction of development and growth. Yes. Um, but yeah, I'm, what I'm afraid of, like what I, I really kind of would like to change is that we as an architect, we are, we are, we should take technology and new things as, as an opportunity for us to, to, to kind of to create more, to, to be involved more in creative process and on strategic processes rather than be involved in like technicalities or, you know, things that could be already optimized with the technology and could be done much more efficiently and therefore, you know, kind of feel the demand better. Because if you look at the map of, let's say, architectural services all around the world, you see that architects are where the wealth is, you know, where the money is, their architects are concentrated. But the thing is, this service is so much needed in, in like in, in some parts of the world that does not have the access to this knowledge. And we are sort of, we, we, we forget about taking our knowledge into other dimension and trying to scale it in a way we tend to stick to our our egos and our brands and signatures and artistic whatever the expressions that that we have inside and forget about that technology could help us to have access to this architectural let's say knowledge on a much wider scale so therefore we would you know bring a much more of a value to the world in a way yes and and these these questions were uh interesting uh we raised that at at the at the beginning in talent architecture biennale where we called the the exhibition world without architect with a question mark oh i like that how was that? Architects were shocked, you know, and I think we played on that uh, a little bit. That's pro- that was a provocation on 
because the, the exhibition was the, the total the Biennale was about uh, with fourth industrial revolution and how it affects sort of the the architectural scene and the mindset mindset how we observe architecture materiality and all these kind of aspects and we played with this role of an architect okay where uh, architects are so afraid that like some technology will just come and take over their like job and i'm like guys come on like you're like intellectuals in like highest shelf and you're like you know afraid that somebody will take off your jobs like it's it's unreal and uh, and with that provocation we tr- tried to explain that that their technology that can you know, help us and help people in the same time, you know, and when we have to look for those scalable models in order to keep us as an architect in that kind of shelf and not, not to be robotized or optimized as, as a profession, okay? How can we build, still keep that thinking, that strategic, that value, um, the adding the value to what we do and how we are and what's our position? Yeah, this is The Modern Architect on KZSU, Stanford, 90.1 FM. The Stanford Archive of Recorded Sound is a wonderful resource for those interested in classical music and jazz. The archive contains thousands of historical recordings and numerous collections of printed materials. It's located in the Braun Music Center on the Stanford campus. To learn how you can take advantage of all the archive offers, visit lib.stanford.edu backslash ARS. We're talking today with Gunita Kulikovska, founder and CEO of Vividly. For more information, you're welcome to visit vividlyapp.com. That is V-I-V-I-D-L-Y app.com. The vividlyapp.com. Gunita, I like that the role of an architect and you're adding value. So what what kind of... Uh, what what was the uh, response to this the provocation of a world without architects in the you know in the final in the end of this uh, this this program? Well, the thing is, like general public, people were amazed. They were like, "Whoa, we got this chance to you know to sort of come into the role of an architect." Because the exhibition, the, the our part, we we used the VR and we gave it to the regular people, and with the um, help of our artificial intelligence plus the VR, people were able to basically build the architecture or build the houses uh, with their index finger, and those were uploaded on the cloud. From the cloud, they went straight to the 3D printer and were printed on the spot. Are you kidding? So in a way, it oh was just goodness. like this cycle of creation, right? And the, in this case, the architect where was this AI that kind of recommends and commands and gives you the you know those design essence that ideas that you you can implement on your small house and uh, virtually. Okay. Uh, and I'd say that the yeah the public was was super excited. They were you know at, at that time it was like end of 2015. You know the the Oculuses and like the VR was was something super sort of new. You know and especially in like in Northern Europe, uh, and uh, well, people knew about it, but they did not have a chance yet to to try out. So public was super interested, and we got the invitations from many other biennales uh, across the, the globe, basically expanding on this topic. On, but architects. <laughs> yeah, get back to the. Were they still slow again and 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 uh, reticent to move ahead with this? 
Yeah, I think they were thoughtful, you know, on, on okay, the crowd that we met. But not they, they got thoughtful. They were like, oh my God, like world without, world without architects. What do you mean with that? <laughs> la, 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 getting into this kind of like, little conflict. Uh, but I tried to kind of, you know, like sort of take it on my own shoulders and saying, I'm an architect too. When, like this is how I look at it. And this is how we saw this sort of the, the, um, the theme, you know, and this is how we played around with components of what technology or fourth industrial revolution as a thinking, you know, as redesign of society and attitudes can um, can be shifted to architectural field as well. Okay. And how technology is a driving force for that. Okay. So we did not, we, we actually did that opposite. We tried to emphasize the role of an architect in its, in its core, you know, um, on what architect really could do for the for the for the world world at, at this point. Yes. And uh, I, yeah, so international press and uh, and, uh, and like the, in general, the public was um, was very excited, very hooked, very interested. Uh, and yeah, and architects man, they gave a lot of questions, and I think it was it was interesting discussion, let's say. And to me, it was. The whole thing was like an experiment, I'd say. I did not really saw that it's going to turn into the vividly. Really? <laughs> after, after that, I did not uh, see. Oh. But um, yeah, how did it become it vividly? How how did it, like when when uh, was there uh, what do we call an aha moment, or was it slowly mm. just kind of evolved into vividly? Mm. Great mm -hmm. name, by the way, as well. I like it a lot. Mm, yeah, to see space vividly, to see architecture pure. Um, yeah, that's that's how it uh, kind of came up. Uh, the thing is, um, yeah, well, I involved, I started this this project, the, the Biennale, actually. Okay. I started it with out of curiosity, out of um, seeing that there's something wrong with um, with with this industry, and there's something wrong with the young architects, not, not themselves, I like but it. I mean I like with the industry it. and how how industry sees the young architects okay. and I wanted to sort of untap this, this question. And, uh, I saw the Biennale and I saw the technology as, you know, and platforms for opportunities and, and like sort of, uh, in a way they gave me this, this right, um, right time and right like tools to act on it and act on my curiosity about what happens when you put together young architects and young tech pros, like let them to play around, mingle a little bit, and okay. hope that it's gonna uh, <laughs> like something meaningful come out from it, and represent your country with all of that. So I think there was a risk at any step that I did, but uh, after all, I saw that actually, wow. I mean, I'm not. I could be more than just a curator of this like principle and systematic approach of how the value could be added and how architects can apply their mindset in technology and find new ways of how to express themselves. Okay. I really found that um, I, I got a lot of knowledge around the field, within the field, and, uh, you know, like everything in your life happens and starts with the decision uh, on on what you want to what you want to be, what what kind of things you want to do now, what kind of company you want to create. And uh, it was just time of my life when I just decided, well, Kunita. <laughs> sounds like a great deal. You know, you could uh, build some some good stuff here. And if not. Well, you, either you win or you learn, right? So with that kind of uh, attitude, uh, yeah, just you started you vividly, learn. and it's 
Yeah. How, how many years? years? Two years? Okay. Just two years, but it seems like, you know, for ages and like for normal <laughs> company sort of life, life cycles, this is like, you know, uh, baby steps. But for me, it's like, come on, are, why aren't we, you know, in, in the, in another level, but, uh, yeah. I'm just, yeah, I am, I'm, I'm not really patient. That's not my, my best. <laughs> no, it's, it's good that you're not patient because look how far you've come and look how far you'll go. How the, the response to vividly and, uh, VR, virtual reality for for you. How has it been? Are there companies adopting it? Cities adopting it? Uh, how urgent are they in uh, and mm-hmm. utilizing this technology for their for their benefit and the benefit of uh, the citizenry? Yeah, um, the thing is, it's not um, it's not like a cure of medicine. It does not really, you know, solve the the most crucial problems in in uh, construction architecture uh, even urban planning uh, industry still it is a sort of like it's a vitamins or 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 you know uh it's not a painkiller okay uh, yeah, at the moment kind of and i guess if we're gonna still keep on looking at our industry in the same way um, virtual virtual reality or whatever these en- engaging media, immersive media won't really, you know, be perceived as like a high value. But I'd say that um, we are shifting towards, towards, yeah, towards engaging design, towards design being a process rather than being a result, uh, towards um, towards agile thinking, uh, also in construction and architecture, which is very hard for us. Like other industries are adopting that mindset uh, much in much like kind of a uh, higher pace. Uh, okay. Which ones are they? Mm-hmm. You, which ones are they? If you if you don't medicine, mind, medicine, for example, okay. uh, med tech, um, um, sort of um, the the retail business, the the e commerce, that like all our like ways of how we like shop uh, or you know buy things or use things. Um, what I want to say as well, like retail, yeah, and uh, engineering and automotive. Um, so the thing is on, on the B2B sectors, uh, it's very highly, uh, valued and in these like industries. Um, but the thing is also in architecture, to be honest, on the higher level, uh, I have European stat- statistics, but um, I'm pretty sure that, uh, in, in us is the, the same thing. Um, basically we have around three to five percent of, let's say the top, um large companies meaning uh, starting from like 100 actually uh, 100 employees okay and uh, those like three percent are basically you know gathering 97 percent of the uh, revenue that exists in the industry meaning that they are majority of small medium-sized businesses and freelancers that are really fighting for sense okay and and really like saturated market uh, in a way and um in in this case like uh, large companies have been adopting the vr you know since it exists basically and they had no no problem of integrating that the problem lays in whether that will really become 
a practice in industry, you know, like BIM. You know, U.S. is quite quite good on adapting the BIM in latest uh, years, but uh, in Europe we've been still like struggling quite a lot building information modeling that they're addressing to. So with with VR, it's, it's a different. It's it's the same kind of thing. Um, it's hard to adapt it if you don't change the uh, the mindset, the, the perception, the mindset. Yeah, yeah. towards the building system right it's not about just using one or another software in in the terms of the bim it's about the whole cycle the the bim cycle on on how you create you know new buildings and how you manage the process yeah how would you change Um, that mindset mm -hmm. or do you have ideas on how to change that mindset or the perception uh hire a pr agency Mm -hmm. or something to kind of get them to think understand that the understand the value Mm -hmm. of it Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of uh, a lot of like VR companies that like especially that operate in um, in architecture engineering construction uh, scene are um, are really like basic in the way on the how they explain what the VR can do and like they're they're really just touching the surface on 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 this kind of rationality on hey you can walk through the building before it's built uh okay great it's like another <laughs> yeah. video game so they don't go you know beyond yeah. uh, the gaming sort of level and i think this is what really blocks us from understanding it like untapping that that's real value and uh and to be honest it's it's not the common sense i mean even like talking with the with those new companies that do we are softwares you know they are doing the the business the same way as as the the big companies are are doing like autodesk or namacheck they're applying the same way of business behavior and which is not I can't get that because like as in as an architect coming from like a s- sort of a small uh, small company and trying to do things Autodesk and, uh, and and whatever the other softwares feels like a burden to me it feels like they are oh. kind of pressuring me down you know on what I really want to do and this requests from for change of how you do things and I think of like ethics of how you behave in in the business and not just architects to their clients but you know like us as facilitators who tend to um, empower the work that architects do not to burden it so it's our task to find a way and manner and how to build the business that supports uh, our audience and and uh, and our community right and uh and I, I don't know. I mean, I have just met a few companies that uh, operate in the scene that the new ones, like that could be considered as a startups that have the same kind of thinking maybe. Uh, but they're like little, basically I can count them on, on one hand. Right. Uh, and if, if that is not really changing or those new companies are, cannot like enter in the space with this mindset, it's, it's just going to take more time. Let's say, you know, um, it is transforming. It is changing. I can't tell you the like special sauce of like making <laughs> special this, sauce, you know, or changing it. Yes, but uh, yeah, it is changing. I know. Yeah. Think <laughs> you're you're uh, you know in in this you're talking to many of the architects about yeah. this and and what you think like what can really you know unleash that power of of architects like 
grow, growing, let's say, and developing and not just sticking to their awesome projects and awesome ideas, but like really contributing to sort of to, to society and seeing technology as opportunity rather than a threat. Yeah, I'd be happy to answer that. I'd be happy to answer that. Uh, This is The Modern Architect on KZSU, Stanford, 90.1 FM. Greenlight Clinic is a free mental health clinic in San Francisco offering short-term therapy to young people between the ages of 14 and 25. The goal is to provide a safe environment where individuals can identify and manage feelings around family, peers, school, financial stresses, work, or any other life challenges. Individual and group therapy may last up to six months. The clinic relies solely on contributions from individuals, businesses, and foundations to operate and is staffed entirely by volunteers. To donate, visit greenlightclinic.org. Today we're speaking with Gunita Kulikovska, founder and CEO of Vividly. For more information, feel free to visit vividlyapp.com. That's vividly app.com or v-i-v-i-d-l-y-a-p-p.com. Gunita, you asked me the question, what, how, what, what uh, in my experience, do I think could change that? And uh, it's, it's definitely a perception and there definitely needs to be a, uh, a forum or a, a public relations effort for the industry to get most architects, in my opinion, I feel like architects need to be mandatory. Now, yes, in a lot of cases they are mandatory, but it's not it's not enforced. So, that, so um, the job of get, of expressing and consistently bringing home the value of an architect, their experiences, and their uh, uh, their value to a client, whether it's commercial or residential, really rests on the individual architects themselves. So, there's has to be. Um, greater marketing, more consistent marketing. And it, that's a word that most uh, architects, a lot of business professional service people absolutely hate is, is the mm-hmm. word marketing or any sort of promotions. It really, it really, um, you could say some, it scares some say, Oh, that's a lower yeah. base level of, uh, that's not the high, high intellect level, but actually, you know what? Everything comes down to a lower base level. I mean, you might think it's a lower base, but it's actually the highest, which is what a human connection. A human mm-hmm. connection, so that mm-hmm. their, exactly. their their spirit or their spirit, yeah, that too. But the their work and the value that they bring to their work is known in a, either mass scale or at least in a uh, a focused, targeted scale. For example, if you're an yeah. architect and you work with, um, uh, say, commercial re- retail, well, then you need to consistently be in front of as many architects or excuse me as many building owners as possible Mm -hmm. to express your value you can't just rely on your work to just kind of speak for itself you you, it's always growing there's a there's a great quote but uh that's my my take of it it needs to be better uh, better pr better marketing and more consistent pr and more consistent marketing to the target market you're trying to reach of look you're an Mm -hmm. architect here's the Mm -hmm. value you bring Mm. And here's the value the value you'll continue to bring. Yeah. And until the public or prospective marketplace understands that, they're always going to go to the lowest hanging fruit, which is I just talk with either a general contractor or, you know, I get my engineer to stamp it, you know, something like that, rather than actually take advantage of and and uh, leverage the wisdom that most architects 
if not all of them have at varying degrees. Yeah, but um, what, you know, in the core, if we cut to the core, what the PR and marketing means, it's not just some sort of like, you know. Yeah, that sounds superficial. I don't mean it that way. Yeah. That you send out and stuff like that. <laughs> it won't connect you with, you know, with your clients or with your prospects and that kind of stuff. What will connect you is when you reach that, like in, in, a, in a practical level, when, when you understand with the client when you're talking that you have this synergy, you get this thing, okay? You have this thing, both of you, you understand each other, you have the common ground, you have reached the common ground of values, of understanding. And when the client and architect like sort of joins into this synergy, that's where the good project is born, right? And at the moment, we just have to, too much of, let's say, blocks on barriers on the way that does not really allow us or, yeah, to access that that com- common sort of language. We want to be more of an architect. We want to be the master's minds of the design. And like, you know, our regular people are seen as if they don't understand the design or something. We don't want to be op- open to that. We don't want to reach that point to build the good marketing, although we understand that our business lays into the sort of referrals and good relationship and so on and so forth, right? We still don't want to untap it in in a way or we are neglecting that in, in some sort. Um, but yeah, well, I referred to, to the VR before to this, but I believe that if not just VR or something, but if the technologies of these like human relation technologies and socialization technologies will improve and, and, and allow us to connect even more and share our values, whatever we would be, this will as well affect the way that architects can connect with, you know, with, with their clients and share the idea, the core of their their um, their architecture, you know, yes. and and don't leave it in the air of like, ooh, I meant like that. You you told me something <laughs> like this. So to really to reach the understanding about how, what what we want with this and what is a good design, and to bridge the regular person with the professional. This is the pure marketing and and PR in a way. Yes, you know? it is. When I have, the person uh, experiences that. I have a quote from, uh, well stated, I have a quote from Frank Lloyd Wright, and it's a little bit provocative, but share with me what you think of it, Gunita. Uh-huh. He says, uh, uh, pick your butt out of your chair thinking that a 40-hour week is going to do it. Yep, 40 at the machine, but 40 more out in the field hustling and bending elbows with prospects and satisfied customers, egging them on to give you referrals, Frank Lloyd Wright. What's mm-hmm. your thought on that? Yeah, well, this was the tough reality which I faced, you know, when, when I finished architecture and, like, when I saw my, like, classmates sort of slaving for these big names and big offices and, like, Everyone dreams about, you know, his own office, but still sees that I got to, you know, I got to work those over 60 hour weeks because, you know, I'm going to that somewhere. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of working for the mission of good architecture. Okay. And I mean, 
again, I have to quote the statistics, but um, it's actually quite very high um, sort of early death rates for architects. Uh, I think the colleague of mine mentioned the German uh, case because in Germany they have to sort of uh, uh, assign the funds uh, for their sort of, uh, um, how do you say, they, like elder days, you know, spending yeah. the nice uh, nice old, um, old days. Yeah. And a lot of architects in some, I, I don't want to lie, but it, I think it was around 30% even, uh, of those are not even reached. And those funds are, are sort of uh, opened after 60 years old, after you reach 60 years. So I think that lifestyle, like we, imagine the situation. I mean, we're highly intellectual, highly creative people that sort of the work our asses off yes. for just technica- <laughs> technical, like even work. And, and then we don't even have a time to enjoy ourselves and 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 give enough contribution to to our country or or state or uh or you know whatever the, the world in, in in total so i think like what's the mission of the the human being you know as as an architect i think that's relevant to to point out on it's it's not just you serve for architecture you serve for a, for a good purpose yeah. and adding the value and i think none of like even in, in from economical point of view, like countries can't afford to have these high value assets, you know, in a way, just to to vanish, you know, or to be um, to be wasted. So you know, technology, new mindset, um, um, open innovation uh, in cross discipline sort of approach is what actually could enrich those already like strong professionals and and let them to create even more this was a sort of a hypothesis which you tried to test on this like Italian architecture being all on on if you you know if you take an architect out from as like natural habitat at okay. auto, autocad you know 24 7 and put them into the technology field or to the sort of this innovative environment what could happen okay and w- wow. whether there is there is sort of uh uh the, the 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 way of how we could create something super new value added you know even even more value added than the architect can produce in its lifetime okay and how it can stay into the local economy you know especially in um, in like small economies like denmark like latvia like estonia this is very important for us you know every person has to has to uh you know, add the value. We can't afford to be um, um, robots or just like manufacture stuff with, with our hands. We have to have higher uh, value added. And you know, I, I wish us as, as an industry to um, to gain, like, to get back to that position where architects really are thinkers and they are strategists um, rather than just cat monkeys. Yeah. Yes, for sure. For sure. Uh, have you been to uh, the Silicon Valley recently, Gunita? Uh, in fact, no, I haven't been. Um, because this technology method. here, um, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not sure. You know, the the uh, I know we, you discussed briefly the challenges and some of the joys of it, mm-hmm. but here, uh, what 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 I'm seeing you doing, um, you almost mm-hmm. would be. Uh, 
chased down for that sort of technology and that bridge that you bring. So uh, at some point, we hope you consider coming out to the San Francisco Bay Area because uh, Mm -hmm. it's a little different that way out here. And I've talked to many people from around the world and asked them, why are you you even here? You know, it looks like you came from a a nice place. And that that was the reason is because there this it'd be it's a challenge in wherever they they were from uh not mm-hmm. where you are but uh, to to get this across and and actually have it that connection be made with the people that can actually make it happen and it actually uh, it works it generates a revenue it it uh, there's many companies that are interested in it so anyway it's a suggestion just because we're here and it's easy to say and it's convenient for me <laughs> to say it here at the <laughs> Stanford but um Gunita, it's been a it's been an honor and a pleasure having you as our guest today. Thank you very much. We really hope you consider visiting with us again sometime in the near future. Yeah, I really hope that we could we could continue. You know, I mean, this was just uh, maybe even like very wide philosophical, but <laughs> it's so lovely to actually discuss these topics. You know, within like sort of architectural aspect or like within an industry, and I really hope that. You know, uh, me and you, like, having this discussion, we sort of inspired uh, maybe other architects that are listening, especially young architects, to think a little bit differently on these topics and, and get get more engaged and more involved in, in rethinking how we are building this industry and how we're really giving the value to societies that we are at. Excellent. Thank you very much, Kanina. You've been listening to The Modern Architect. I'm Tom Dior. Our guest today has been... Gunita Kolikovska, founder and CEO of Vividly. Gunita is a strategic designer and curator of creative ideas and project, and yes, also an architect. Gunita is also a Forbes 30 Under 30 and a TEDx speaker. For more information, feel free to visit vividlyapp.com. That's vividlyapp.com or V-I-V-I-D-L-Y-A-P-P.com. Join us again next time when we welcome another outstanding architect, engineer, influencer, or civic leader committed to positive and sustainable cities, communities, and lives. The Modern Architect is recorded at Stanford University Studios in Palo Alto, California, and it's a production of KCC Radio. Today, the recording engineer is Darlene Franklin, Chief Engineer Mark Lawrence, and we're all assisted by Caleb B. Smith. And the executive producer and host of The Modern Architect is Tom Dioro. If you wish to contact us, our email address is interviews at kcsu.stanford.edu. Again, that's interviews at kcsu.stanford.edu.